bless you. So last week, uh, we started in uh, Colossians chapter 3. And remember the premise here. I mean, we're being made new. We're, we're being renewed. And we have this, and it has to be changed. We have to be changed in the spirit of our mind. We have to be changed. And this mind that is in Christ is also available to us. But we have to do something. So we'll begin in Colossians, the same verse that we, uh, or same series of verses that we uh, began in last week. And that's Colossians 3, beginning in verse 8. But now you yourselves are to put off all these, anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. We are renewed in the image of Jesus Christ, amen, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. My brothers and sisters, I can never as a pastor of even a small flock, but I wish pastors in big flocks would say this, but say it from the heart and not just in a ho-hum way and not just in a way that is more popular. I want to tell you something. When the, the scripture is saying there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised, uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, he's talking about all people. Well, it's so prevalent, it's so real for us today. My brothers and sisters, as many people in churches would say that they have no prejudice or say that we're all brothers and sisters regardless of nationality, color of skin, there's still prejudice in the church. There's still things that are happening that shouldn't happen. And my brothers and sisters, we cannot let that happen. And so that's why every time I have the opportunity, if the Lord wills, I'm going to bring it up to you again. So that means even in your personal and private time, when you think bad of me because my skin is a little bit lighter than you or you want to attach something to me, maybe, just because my skin is a little lighter than yours, even in your private time, you need to confess it just like the same thing would be true for me if I think even a little bit off about someone because of the color of their skin, because of the accent that they have, then I need to go ahead and repent that, repent before God and make sure that I'm clean of that. There is no room for that. This scripture is very specific, it's very real. And I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, as time continues to go on, I want to tell you all something. That guys like me, guys like me, with my fleshly tone, and with the way that I preach, I will be continue to be marginalized. There will be people that will tell you, you shouldn't be going to my church because I am the wrong color and I am not saying the right things. Has it already happened? Yes, it has. But it will get worse. My brothers and sisters, that should not be in the body of Christ. It should not be in the body of Christ. It should not be. Why? Because we are renewed in our Lord's image. And He says there's no difference. Now, Tony, you've said that so many times. And I just said it again. And I'm going to keep saying it until He tells me to stop. Because you need to be reminded. you know why you be need, need to be reminded? Because they're telling you that out there every day about all your differences. They're telling you about that every day, trying to separate His church. Ain't going to happen in this church. Amen? Amen? All right. So then, remember, that's where we started. We're going to be renewed in the spirit of our minds. We're going to, have, we're going to be renewed or recreated in the image of the one who created us. Amen? But remember where we ended. Last week, with this scripture of Romans 8, beginning in verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit, for to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Listen, to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Now, now, now I want you to get hold of something. That life that he's talking about, that's eternal life. That's the life of God. 
right? To be spiritually minded is life and peace. And that peace that he's talking about, that's transliterated from the Greek word uh, irene, which is also synonymous or means the same thing as taken from the, the Hebrew word shalom which doesn't just mean peace, the, the, uh, you know, the lack of chaos or anything. It's wholeness. It's wellness. It's the way God intended for you to be. You're put together. You're prosperous. That's what that word shalom, that's what that word irene means. So it's, listen, so to be spiritually minded is this eternal life and this peace, this shalom, this wellness, this prosperity, this wholeness that God intended for me and for you. Amen? So, so let me go back because you, you forgot I said a lot of words. To be carnally minded is death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Amen? So this spiritual mind is something that we must have. It's something that we, can, we need to, listen, not just have it on Sunday and then if you're, if you're meeting with your church on Wednesday or when you, you know, if you're listening or now I've got my, uh, I've got, you might have a cup of coffee and you might be still in your bathrobe but you're sitting in front of your laptop or you're sitting in front of your desktop and now you're listening to Pastor Tony or your second favorite preacher or whatever that may be and you're thinking, well, it's time for me to be holy. It's time for me to get my spiritual antenna up. It's time for me to listen with spiritual, because it's that time. No, 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 no. To be spiritually minded is you conduct your whole life that way. Come on now. That was my, uh, my Dade dead City lingo, my Dade City vernacular, that away. Hallelujah. So now I'm going to go right now, I'm going to read this, but it's something that we're all familiar with. It's the Mount of Transfigurations. I'm going to read the one part, I'm going to read it out of Luke. Just follow with me, please, if you would. If you've got the, uh, our scriptures today, great. Uh, if not, just follow with me. Um, beginning in verse, part of uh, verse 28. He took, Jesus took Peter, John, and James and went up on the mountain to pray. As he prayed, the appearance of his face was altered, and his robe became white and glistening. And behold, two men talked with him, who were Moses and Elijah, who appeared in glory and spoke of his decease, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. This is very, I, I heard this not too long ago. I heard another minister highlight this, and I can't remember who, where, or whatever. I just remember it. Maybe I dreamt it. I don't know. But listen. So Moses and Elijah appear to Jesus. They're in this glory. His face, he's glistening. There's this other glory, right? And what are they talking about? How he's going to die. Wow. Not, hey, you're doing good. We're here to strengthen you. Hey. <laughs> No, they're talking about this death. And, this, and, and look at the way he talks about the death. It's an accomplishment. It's an accomplishment. See, remember, Jesus said, they don't take it, I give it. I'm giving my life. So this is an accomplishment. So now let's continue in verse 32. But Peter and those uh, with him were heavy with sleep. And when they were fully awake, they saw his glory and the two men who stood with him. Then it happened as they were parting from him that Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here and let us make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he had said. Now I want you to, while he was saying this, a cloud came and overshadowed them and they were fearful as they entered the cloud and a voice came out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son, hear him. Hear him. So, so 
you know, I, I, I'm, as I'm reading this, as I, as I was studying and really what the Lord had laid on my heart, I wasn't really planning on sharing that with you until this morning. Or this morning, the Lord shared this with me. And I, and I want to say I was nudged by the Lord. I, I, I'm not going to stand here. Hey, God opened up the cloud and said, Tony, here's what I want you to say. No, I was nudged by the Lord. I, this came to my remembrance and I prayed about it. This is what the Holy Spirit would have me to speak to you this morning. Jesus is in His glory. Moses and Elijah were there. Now, they didn't have, um, I don't have my phone, they didn't have the phone where you could take a picture. When Moses and Elijah lived, there was no drawings, there was no Polaroids. No, they didn't have the Kodak thing, you go to CVS and you go ahead and plug that thing in. Hey, so how did Peter know who they were? Maybe they were wearing name tags. I'm not trying to be. I'm not trying to be funny here. I'm, I'm glad you left. How did Pe- something happen? Peter knew. Peter was able to recognize who they were. There was something about them and the Holy Spirit. The whole thing. God wanted him to know. Bottom line, God wanted them to know who they were. That's really what happened. God wanted them to know. Jesus changed. He was glorified. He was glistening. He was. He changed. Even his, his facial appearance had changed. But he rec- Peter recognized who they were. And then Peter, always the one who is going to step out. Always the one who is going to be, hey, speak first, ask questions later, speak first, think about it later. Uh, Anybody relate to that? Uh, I could just imagine. Well, uh, wait, uh, I got to say something. I got to do something, right? You ever feel, uh, I got to say something. I got to do something. Hey, I got an idea. (laughs) <laughs> Great idea, Peter. But look at the same God. Oh, hallelujah. The same God, the same Father in heaven who wanted Peter to see who they were was the same Father who... I can't hardly say this right now. Was the same Father who said, listen, this is my beloved Son. Hear Him. Hear Him. See, my brothers and sisters... This is God saying, hear Him, listen to Him, follow Him, hear Him. See, it's not just, not listen to the sound of His voice. He's saying, hear Him. That implies, all of that, that that implies. It's not just hear Him, it's obey Him. It's react to what He's saying to you. See, I'm afraid, brothers and sisters, that there's, too much and too many that maybe will acknowledge Jesus the leader, Jesus the teacher, even Jesus the Savior, Jesus says, but do we really hear Him? See, God is saying, hear Him. Forget what you want to do. Forget what you think is right. See, Peter's all about, okay, this is what seems natural to me. I'm a man of action. I'm a type A. This is what I need to do. Whoa! (laughs) Whoa! Wait. No. You need to be in the place where you can hear Him and then do what He says. I'm going to preach to this guy. Hear Him. Hear Him. Do what He says. Follow Him. See, because I think that there's a lot of Peters here. There's a lot of Peter. We have good intentions and we recognize that there's there's this distinct uh, godly spirit 
involved in this thing and, and you know there that God is definitely involved here and there's this there's this glory and there's this atmosphere so you know I need to do this or I got this idea I have this is what this is how I'm gonna go forward but we forget to listen. See God is saying don't do it until you hear it. See see Peter here don't do but man and, and look at how quick we are. Right? Now I'm saying this and I don't mean to sound like I'm being critical of Peter because Peter's me. Peter's you sometimes, right? But that same Peter, don't forget that that same Peter, he, he said, Lord, if that's you, that was the same personality, the same attitude that he had. Lord, if that's you, let me come to you. Okay, come on. And then he did not hesitate. He stepped out of that boat. He was the only one to do it. See, so there was something in Peter that God recognized. Amen? And that same thing when God is saying, okay, listen, I've called you. <laughs> I'm talking to somebody. It might be in this room. I've called you. You're mine. I've got a plan for you. But, hear me. Hear me. Listen to me. Stop listening to your past. Stop listening to those who say that they have your interest in their heart. Stop listening to those who don't know me, who say that they do. Hear me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How do we know if it's Him? I'm glad you asked. I'm going to read to you another... I I, I don't want to just try to summarize that. I want to read to you. I'm going to read to you out of John... Chapter 18. And this is when Jesus was standing before Pilate. Now Pilate, is, he, Pilate doesn't want, as you know, Pilate does not want uh, to, to prosecute Jesus. He does not. But the Jews want him prosecuted. And they're saying, he says he's a king. He's the king of the Jews. Then Pilate went back. This is verse 33. Then Pilate went back into his headquarters and called for Jesus to be brought to him. Are you the king of the Jews? He asked him. Jesus replied, is this your own question or did the others tell you about me? Pilate, am I a Jew? Pilate reported, or retorted, excuse me. Your own people and their leading priests brought you to me for trial. Why? What have you done? Jesus answered, my kingdom is not an earthly kingdom. If it were, my followers would fight to keep me from being handed over to the Jewish leaders. But my kingdom is not of this world. Pilate said, so you're a king. Jesus responded, you say I'm a king. See, it was a question, but you say I'm a king. Actually, I was born and came into the world to testify. Look at this, my brothers and sisters. Thank you, Tony, for putting this up. I didn't do this. Tony was able to do that. Witness to the truth. You see that? Now, if this was my slide up there, I'd have that bolded. and But Tony did a great job because he came late. I didn't even send it to him. So thank you. But you see that? You see what he's saying? To testify to the truth. All who love the truth recognize that what I say is true. Hallelujah. So, my brothers and sisters, this is, a, this is a, a big deal to us today. As I was going through this week, and I'm, you know, going down the road, and, you know, every once in a while I'm listening to this one or listening to that one, and I've heard, I heard, uh, you know, about these people that run Facebook and, uh, and now listen, you know I, I, how I feel about these fake book and snap trap and insta slam, tic-tac-toe, and I make fun and I mock it. And I'm mocking it for a reason. Because they are leading the culture and society astray. There's no question about it. They're admitting it, that they are what they're doing. 
But here's the thing that they're doing. They're saying that, you know, they have the right to arbitrate truth. They know what is acceptable speech and what is not acceptable speech. They know what is right and they know what is wrong. So that's why they're going to go ahead and they're going to govern that. Now, the next thing I heard is that in the new government, there's going to be some kind of a special uh, department set up for that. Truth in ministry or in, in media or whatever the case may be. They're going to have to teach us. And they're going to have to tell us what the truth is. See, so this is the thing, my brothers and sisters. History is not debatable. It happened. But yet from an early time, I mean, I hear uh, history is being rewritten. They're being, you know, they're, we're, we're being told that, that what we were taught and what was in the book so long ago is wrong and now they're going to rewrite it and change it and all this other stuff. This one says this. That one says that. This one says the other. You give me a historical account and I'll find someone out there that could refute your historical account. You tell me what's absolute truth and I'll go out there and I could find somebody who will refute that absolute truth and appear to be just as academic as your witness or whatever. Is anybody... Did I lose you? Am I talking over anybody? No. Do you understand what I'm saying? So now these, these people... Who, t- who in and of themselves believe that just by virtue of what they've achieved monetarily or academically, uh, they have the right to determine what we should hear and what we should know and how we should disseminate information or how it should be disseminated to us. This ticks me off. They ain't going to change me. They ain't going to change my mind. And I don't care. I'm not a historian, but I know some things are fact. And I know some things are fiction. So no matter what they say, and no matter how many times they try to say it, it's not going to change me. I'm worried about the kids. The young people. See, and the problem that we have is that the young people are looking and pay attention, paying attention to that. And they're not paying attention to us. And part of it, if not all of it, is our fault. Because we've been squabbling and we've been talking one thing, living another thing all of these years. We talk about the, the, the grace and mercy of God and yet we hold thoughts and, and, and hold things against people and, and not so fast or willing to forgive. Uh, you know, and then on the other hand, we talk about you know, holiness, righteousness, and that God makes a difference in your life and should change your life and then we live like everybody else. You, know, you can't have it both ways, my friends. So the church has been on one way or the other, either turn or burn, and they're not even able to turn fully, but they're going to hold their, just like the Pharisees, or, you know, greasy grace and anything goes, and, you know, God loves you, and blah, blah, blah. But the truth is, as you know, God came because He does love us. His mercy, His righteousness, they're all one package. His holiness, it's all one, the same God. So he didn't come that we might live a sinful lifestyle. He came, obviously, to save us from our sin and to live holy and righteous as he is holy and righteous. You said amen. All right. So he came that we may be able to recognize the truth. Jesus, my friends, Jesus, when Peter was on that boat, and he says, if it's you, let me come. And Jesus says, come on. 
Did Jesus have any doubt that Peter would be able to walk on that water? No. He knew he could. He knew he could. Right? And when Peter didn't make it, it was only because he believed outside of Jesus. When Jesus says, okay, come on, he goes. He steps out. I'll give him that. And he's walking. But the minute there was opposition, the minute something raised its ugly head, the minute somebody said, you can't do that, or the minute it got a little tough, or the minute that it looked like I can fail, or the minute that it looked like maybe I should have thought about this a little bit more before I took this step of faith, the minute that that happened, doubt, doubt entered. How do I know that? Jesus said, why'd you doubt? Doubt entered. And see, that's all that the enemy of your soul and mine is doing. See, it is, he, can't, he can't refute the truth. He can't say that that's an out-and-out lie, blah, blah, blah. Can't prove that. So he'll bring other truths, quote-unquote. For those of you listening, I'm doing the air quotes. He'll bring you other truths. He'll bring you these other stories. He'll bring you these alternate things. Well, that's just one way of thinking about it. I cannot tell you how... Di- how it upsets me that I'm hearing more and more now that they're teaching in, in elementary schools meditation. Now, some of you don't believe that, but some of you know it firsthand that it's happening. That is opening the door to the demonic. You know that, right? And so now here's what our kids are being taught. This is one way. This is, a, this is an alternative. You see, you can't pray in the name of Jesus, but you darn sure can go ahead and sit there with your legs folded and say this mantra, whatever it is, this word that they're going to give you. And if they're following the strictness of the code, it would be the, it's some kind of demon God. I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, oh, you, you sound like one of them old fiery brimstone preachers, one of them old... Out, yeah, I know, and I sounded that way in 2012 when I told you all this was going to happen too, didn't I? My brothers and sisters, truth, truth, it is the truth that sets us free. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. As a matter of fact, after this discourse, Pilate throws up his hands, he says, what is truth? What is truth? You know what? There could be many, many people in the same position as he is right now. Just remember where he lived and when he lived. There were all of these philosophers and philosophies that were going around and all of these educated people, all of these pinheaded people that had all of these right answers to life and so on and so forth and being told all of these things and now... (laughs) What is truth? Everybody has their version. Everybody says this. or every, And Jesus says it this way. I am the way, the truth, the life. Period. That's it. That's it. So you can't say, well, you know, Jesus is just one way and, and it's okay if you want to follow Jesus, but, you know, there are other ways and all this. Well, you can't say that. Well, Jesus was okay. He was a good guy, good philosopher. He had love and he loved everybody and, he, you know, he was a good man. He was a good man of God. He was a good teacher. He was a, he was a great rabbi and, and all of this other stuff. But there are other ways. Well, he can't be a good teacher. He can't be a good rabbi. He can't be a good man. He can't be full of love if he was willing to lie. Ooh. 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 He said, I am the way, the truth, the life. No other way. 
So for us in this room, I would venture to say, I won't speak for everybody, but I got a feeling, because I know about the amens and the yeses and all this. We think he's the way. Amen. 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 So that's why these words that God said on that Mount of Transfiguration, this is my beloved son. Hear him! Hear him! Hear him! Shut off all of this other stuff. Oh, you don't know, Pastor. When I go to work, that's okay. Don't let it down in your spirit. Don't let it cause doubt, because that's what the enemy of your soul is trying to do. Give you that much doubt. And there are people who are listening to me right now who don't like the way I speak, don't like my delivery, so they're going to put, they're going to add that much doubt. No, that's the enemy. The Holy Spirit is speaking truth. The Holy Spirit is speaking passionately to you because He loves you. He does not want you to believe the lie. He does not want you to be distracted. He wants you to know how serious this word is. If you can get it down on the inside of you, it truly will set you free. They will know the truth and the truth will set them free. Hallelujah. And who the Son sets free is free indeed. Hallelujah. See, that's the problem. We, we thought we left that all behind us. And we've got this newfound faith, you know. I'm going to a charismatic church, you see. Pastor Tony's all up in that stuff, you know. No, it's got to be real to you. And you've got to leave that stuff behind you. You've got to pull all that stuff away from you. You cannot be one foot in, one foot out and think that God is going to heal you. God is going to go ahead and deliver you. God is going to... No, because you're hanging on to the bondage. You're hanging on to that. Let it go. Let it go. Yeah, but you don't know, Pastor Tony. I got this problem and that problem and the other problem. And yeah, I know. And they're all bigger than God too. See, this is this. Am I preaching too simple? Is this too simplistic? Is that some? Well, God, I just need to know. Okay, how do I achieve that? I'm glad you asked. Second Timothy, three sixteen and seventeen. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man or woman of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Amen. And listen, He determines what the good works are, not we. The good intentions of my heart mean nothing. Why? Because my heart can deceive me. Who knows the heart of man, how wicked and evil it is. Doesn't it say that in Scripture? Hallelujah, it does. He needs to change me. He's working on the inside to change that wicked heart that I was born with. And I don't care how nice a person you are, man, without God, you ain't nice. I'm just saying. Tony, without God, (laughs) you think you don't like me now? (laughs) Mm Mm-mm. So now let's look at this. How much Scripture? All Scripture. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. It's God-breathed. It's all breathed by God. And it's profitable. It's for our good. It's for the good of doctrine. What does that mean? It's profitable. It's for the good of doctrine. All Scripture teaches us truth. Scripture teaches us truth. So do you want to know what the truth is? I'm holding up a Bible right now. There it is. Cover to cover, page for page, word for word. Old Testament as well as new. It's truth. Yeah, well, that's what you say, Tony. Men wrote that Bible. Well, let me go back because maybe you just didn't hear me, so I'm going to say it a little bit. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. 
Yeah, but men wrote that, Tony. They translated it. It's profitable. It's going to teach us truth. It's going to teach us truth. Listen, it's for reproof. It's going to correct us. It's meant to correct us. We need... How many of you... I need correction. I still need some correction. Not, not as much as you, but... <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. I just lost about 30 listeners. They just... Don't... No, no. We all need correction. I still need correction. Amen? Amen. For correction, for instruction in righteousness. See, this conviction, I want to go back to that. That reproof is conviction. It's to convict me like where I know that I've done something wrong. You know what I mean? So look, I'm, I'm learning on the positive side. I'm learning truth. And then, you know, the truth that I'm not reacting to or the things that, you know, it brings conviction now. I'm convicted. I've, know, I've, I've known I've done something wrong. And my heart is convicted. Versus, I know I'm doing something wrong. So what? Ain't nobody going to punish me. Ain't nobody going to do anything about it. Because that's the way we live in the culture right now. There are many people, I'm telling you, <laughs> above me, above you, in government, out of government, there are many people that are doing all kinds of things wrong. They know, but they don't care. They ain't getting touched. Oh, ho, ho, ho. They got another thing coming. My brothers and sisters, I'm not wishing it on anybody, so my hope is that they all get saved. For reproof, for conviction. Amen? For conviction. I've done this wrong. And so if you're convicted of it and you understand that it's wrong, then you change. For correction. It's good. This word helps me to get on that path to correction. For instruction in righteousness. This word tells me what God expects of me. What righteousness looks like. What a, a right walk with God. What God really does expect from me. See, because there is this expectation. Let me go back real quick. Tony, you don't have to go there. But let me remind you of where we were in Colossians. But you now yourselves are to put off all of these things. Anger, wrath, malice, blasphemy, filthy language out of your mouth. Don't lie to one another. Okay? So now look, let's just take that. And there's more, as you guys know. Many of you know the scriptures. But there's more. But let's just stick with that for a moment. So there's this expectation What is the expectation? That I'm to put off this old man. And those old habits of the old man are supposed to be put off. If I still find myself, and I have found myself lately, getting angry. I mean, not just angry, righteous indignation. I'm talking about angry where I want to smack somebody. Um, No, and I don't mean that ugly. And I don't mean that I want to physically go up to... I mean, I'm angry enough where I want to swing. So, so, so think about that. If that, That's telling me that there's still some of this old man that needs to put, be put under. Now, I know what some of you think. Say, I knew there was something wrong with Pastor Tony. That's why I don't go to that church. <laughs> Shut up. That's just an excuse and you know it. Because you know that it's just because Pastor Tony's honest about himself, maybe you, you all need to be honest with yourselves. Maybe you need to be honest with yourself. I'm willing to be transparent and, and open and honest with you. I love Jesus. And I am, he's, he's turned me into a different person. He's turned me into the kind of person that can stand before you and m- admit that I have some weak- weaknesses. The old Tony could not admit that to you, but the new Tony can. See, so now where are you at? And don't compare yourself with me, because to be honest with you, you're probably ten times better than me. But I'm not the one that you need to be concerned with. Amen. Compare yourself to Jesus. Amen. Amen? Compare yourself to that pattern of life that he led. 
So we've got this instruction. We've got all the scriptures. So that means Old and New Testament. That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. You, you, you hear that? That the man or woman, the person of God, is complete. Now, we're not talking about one of those uh, Jerry Maguire moments. You complete me. We're talking about this. Listen. God has a plan for you. And from the beginning, He knew what the end was supposed to look like. He called you to something. But what God doesn't do is grab you by the nap of the neck and put you there. He gives you all the help that you can possibly need. He brings uh, stinky old preachers like me in your life to remind you. He He brings people in your life. He brings even the bad things. In fact, a lot of times it's the bad things. It's the harsh conditions. A lot of times it's those rough things, the things that we can't stand that cause us to get on our knees before Him and ask Him for help. Knowing, see, because that's where we have to be, my brothers and sisters. Because if we're, if we're reading the Word but we're not going to Him for help, they're just words. He says, my words are spirit and they're life. So I, I, want, I got the words. I need the life. I need the life. Life is Holy Spirit. Are, are you with me? Okay, so my brothers and sisters, it, this is the thing. I, I go to Him and I realize that I have these problems. I still, I'm still getting angry. You know, not just angry, like I said, the, right, the righteous indignation kind of angry. angry I want to say raka to my brother. Are you with me? I'm talking about and Matt, I have these evil intentions. I, I'm going to, okay, you know, so-and-so won't, you know, so-and-so won't listen to me, so good. I'm just going to go ahead and let them fall. I'm going to go ahead. I'm not going to say nothing. I'm just going to let them fall. That's, that's not good either. That's evil intentions. Come on. I must be good preaching because some of you are pretty quiet. So I must be, you know. But that's part of it, isn't it? Okay, so let me go again. Blasphemy. This one... I, 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 there's a line in here, my brothers and sisters. There's a line in here. And, and this is a line that I don't want to flirt with and I'm afraid that sometimes in my life I have. Not to the extent where I totally curse God or I totally say, well, His not true. No, it's though when God tells me something and I don't believe Him. When God has ta- given me a word, when I read this word and then I, I doubt and I either don't repeat it or... In my frustration, I may complain. Okay, so now listen. Before anybody gets too upset with me or upset with the word, I'm not saying that if you've ever said a harsh word or you've complained, you've blasphemed God. No, no, no. I'm not saying that. But what I'm saying is, somewhere in there, there's got to be this, this line. It, it, it may be different for, for everybody, according to what you know and where you've been. I'm saying for Pastor Tony, for me... You know, I want to be careful about that because I feel um, conviction about some of the things that have crossed my lips as it relates to what's going to happen. You know, uh, all of this civil unrest and all of this stuff, and, I, and I'll confess a thing, even if I'm right as it relates to the human. But see, that's not what God wants of Tony. Of Tony. What, it, what about in your house? Come on now. What about in your house? What about in the area where you're working? Listen, yeah, but I, I'm not working. Yeah, you're working in your house. Wh- wherever you are, remember, it's the good works that God called you to. Your life is, is Jesus's. So wherever you are, you're working. Now you say, I know what you said. Well, no wonder why I'm so tired. 
Hello, somebody. Are you listening? That was funny. I don't care what you say. That was funny. Wherever you are, you're, you're working because you are God. You, you are to be complete. So you're working on yourself. Holy Spirit and you are working together to work on yourself to build on what you already have, right? Amen. Bringing you from glory to glory just as by the Spirit of God. And then also, he's put you in that place where you are because if you, you might be the Jesus that they need to see and hear, right? So you're working. So now when I'm working... Whether it's in this pulpit, whether it's got to do with a, uh, an outreach ministry or prison ministry, whatever it is, or I'm at the job where I'm actually getting paid. I mean, wherever I'm at, I'm, I'm, his, I'm, I'm his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for his good works. Are you with me? Yeah. Did I say that in Scripture? Somebody back me up. Did I say that we're created in Christ Jesus, right? We're his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for his good works. So now watch. When I'm at the workplace, or I'm, oh, I got a better one. Who's got your phone? Never mind. Never mind. You got it handy? Yeah. There, I love this. Hey, who are you talking to? No, just... So now... Oh, you didn't. Did you hear what that heifer just... She said, what? They did what? Oh, no. Here's what the, here's what the scripture says. Oh, you're going to get in a fight and you're going to use scripture and you shouldn't even be talking to them, per- them people in the first place. Oh, yeah. 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 well, look, look at what, you see what, the, you see what he's wearing. You see, you see, come, come on, man. And worse than that, I'm not going to say what, what some of y'all put on this thing. But, but so, so now here's what I'm saying to you. You're working. You're working. Yeah, but Pastor, you don't know. All I do is I just put scriptures up there and all that. Fantastic. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But make sure when you're doing that, you're doing it according to the Holy Spirit. Amen. See, and it's, you know, because there's going to be somebody who's going to fire something back at you. I'm not sure about how all these things work because I'm not on it except that I'm on it right now preaching. But I'm not sure how all of these things work. Sometimes if somebody tries to send me a message, my son will get it or my wife will get it or somebody will get it and I'll just respond through them or whatever and I'll just say, hey, don't talk to me there. Talk to me through my wife or whatever. Anyway, regardless, I don't know except I know this, that what the creators and the people that are behind all this stuff, what they are doing is they are tweaking it. They're tweaking it. So now all of those years when my son made fun of me for, and told me that I needed to wear an aluminum hat when I went to bed <laughs> so the government couldn't read my mind, it's coming to fruition. You have these people that think that they have the right to steer the world, the globe, the culture. The, bo- the bottom line is the way human beings are wired, our kids are being programmed. Whether you want to admit it or not, whether you, our kids are being programmed. Some of our adults are being programmed. So that's why I'm saying to you, my brothers and sisters, I, I want to be careful. I, I, want to, I want to be plugged into this. I will guarantee you. I, you know what I wish? I wish, you know how, isn't this true? Somebody correct me if I'm wrong. Isn't it true that there's an app or something on your phone which tell you how much screen time you've had on your phone? Yeah. Is that true? Okay. Say again. A weekly report. Okay, so now let me ask you this. Now, don't get mad at me because I know some of you are going to get mad at me and you're not going to ever listen to me again. You won't. Don't get mad at me. 
If you got a weekly report on your phone, and then you got a weekly report on your Bible, I didn't say it. I didn't say it, so don't get mad at me. If you want, if you want the names of who was clapping, <laughs> they're these fanatics. They just, you know what it is? It's because Pastor, I see you're your first, this first time here because I got a cult. I, I got a cult. I'm brainwashing them. That's why. <laughs> Let me preach to this side a little bit. No, you, you, you hear what I'm saying though, my brothers and you know, I'm, I'm breaking the levity. I mean, we're, we're having a little fun with this, but isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? I mean, I, I, I give my grandchildren a hard time about it all the time. And I do it sometimes in fun, but sometimes not so fun. And if they're listening to me right now, I love you guys. I love you a lot. But you're on the phone way too much. <laughs> but the, so, the, so that's the thing. I will say this. My grandson Dominic sent me, and uh, I think he sent it to the, uh, the other cousins, a clip of a preacher. And I, sent, I shared it with Christina, too. I, did I share it with you? No, I shared it with my sister. You're like my sister, so I shared it with my sister. And, and it was, I was so proud because he shared a short clip of a preacher who got up in the pulpit and was talking about, basically, you know what? God didn't call us into a rose garden. I'm just going to paraphrase what he said. God didn't call us into a rose garden. Just like Jesus was called into the desert to be tested, we, we, we are not called into a rose garden. We're going to be tested. And that's so that God can show us that that man is prepared. He's mine. He's in me. He can stand. She can stand. She's in me. So it's not going to be a... And he said, if we, we need to be more worried about your holiness and less worried about your happiness. Amen. My grandson sent me that. So I was so proud. Of, I was so, I'm, okay, maybe somebody's listening a little bit. Right? But that was so awesome. But so, my brothers and sisters, but for all of the times that, not just our children, but certainly our children. And certainly even, you know... These Gen Xers and who, I don't even know who, who's who anymore. It doesn't matter to me. When you get to be my age, everybody's the same. What are we doing? We're letting people define truth. And here's the problem, part of the problem with that, which is already happening. When they're defining the truth, they're defining who you are. If you adhere to the truth, if you believe in the truth, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, when they define the truth, they're defining you. Well, what do you mean by that? Well, that means you believe a lie. That means you're out there. You're, you're, you're being marginalized. You're being put on the fringe. Amen? This is my beloved son. Hear him. Hear him. I've got a bunch more scripture, but I'm, I'm pretty much done. I'm going to read one more scripture to you, and then I'm going to let it go. 1 Timothy 6, 20 and 21. O Timothy, guard what was committed to your trust, avoiding the profane and idle babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. By professing it, some have strayed concerning the faith. My brothers and sisters, that's not Tony's word. If you open up your Bible, which I hope you will, and you look at that, that's exactly what it's going to say in your Bible. See, my brothers and sisters, the problem is when we start listening to all of these other opinions and all these quote-unquote experts and all these people who have achieved something in their life according to this world's standards, 
They've made billions of dollars or they're the best athlete in the world or they're just this celebrity who everybody wants to see their movies or this or that or the other thing, but they don't even know what 2 plus 2 is, but now all of a sudden they're the experts. And so they have all of this knowledge. And even the smartest scientist in the world can't even come close to the knowledge that's in God. So my brothers and sisters, so we listen and we hear all of this knowledge. And so we're repeating it. Are, are, you, with, are you with me? Avoid profane and idle babblings. So listen, let's not listen to them. When it's, look, shut it off. Shut it off. If your favorite commentator is yap, yap, yappity, yap, shut it off. Just turn it off. Man, if, if, this, this, if you've got you know, a, a ton of followers or you're a follower of somebody and all of a sudden something doesn't line up with the Word of God, why would you open yourself up for that? See, the Scripture is very clear in telling us that. When we listen to that stuff long enough, I'm going to tell you something. I'm, I'm telling you, Pastor Tony, I'm being, I'm being, I've got to watch now because some of that stuff is getting in there because I've got to be around it sometimes and I can't turn it off. I wish I could turn it but I can't. So, look, so now watch. So now Pastor Tony's got to watch out because when I get frustrated, what's coming out? Because it might be something that is affecting me from out there. So I've got to turn, I've got to get away from it. I've got to turn it off. So look, 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 look. The Word has the ability to wash us. So what am I saying? So when you're around it, and you can't help to be around it, you're in a workplace or wherever it is, you've you know, you got to go to the family gathering, and they're going to be talking junk. They're going to be talking about how great this one is, how great that is, how bad you are for not wearing a mask at church if you don't wear one. How, you know, blah, 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 whatever the case may be. How da 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 beep, beep, beep. Here, look, this is how it sounds. And sometimes it just rolls in my head that way and I want to say, shut up! But I can't. So it affects me. How? Look, it gets me angry. And when I get angry, you wouldn't like me when I'm angry. No, when I'm, when I'm angry, I'm not operating according to the Spirit or I let it get in there and I start to comply with it and then when I come, then, then I'm, I'm being pinched and what comes out of my mouth? Is there a compromise with this, with this Word of God that comes out of my mouth? If the Scripture, Holy Spirit is speaking through the Apostle, He's speaking to a pastor of a church. So if He has to tell the pastor of the church that, because he knows that it'll affect your congregation. If you start yap, yap, yappity, yapping, repeating the babbling, repeating this, repeat, when you start doing that, it's going to affect those people because you could lead them astray or you could be led astray yourself. Amen. Turn it off. Amen. Get away from it. And if you can't, just make sure you're bathing yourself in this. After you've been around it and you feel dirty, and you know that you know that, man, it was welling up in you. The Holy Spirit was inside of you telling you, uh-uh, uh-uh, but you can't say nothing because you've got to tell the truth in love and sometimes you can't cast your pearls before the swine, so you just got to keep it in. Then you go and you get home and you get in that prayer closet, you open up this Word of God, you get on your knees and say, Lord, speak to me. Lord, clean me. I don't want to believe that. I don't want to trust in it. I don't want to hear it. Father, help me. Hallelujah. Do any of us do that? Well, y'all are holier than me. <laughs> do 
do, do we, need, we need to do that. I need to get clean. I need to make sure that I'm cleaning. And only this can clean me. Not, listen, go ahead and listen to a recorded a message by Pastor Tony. But make sure that it's from the Bible. I, listen, I'm going to say this and I'm going to call it. I've got to tell you this. The other day, uh, there was a song that I, I really liked. It, it, it's a part of a, a worship team from another church. So the song was really good. I sent that to you, right? So I, I sent it to Christina. Man, we need to see if we can sing this. This is a great song. And so what I did just for the heck of it, I went and I tuned in and, and listened to what the pastor preached the last message. I'm not lying to you. I think the whole message would have been like 40 minutes or so. The first 20 minutes, I didn't hear one scripture. Not a, not a scripture. Not even a paraphrase of a scripture. Now, in fairness to him, maybe that last 20 minutes or whatever it was, it was nothing but scripture. But I'm telling you, the way that message opened, I knew that this is a feel-good, sure enough, modern church where the pastor could come in there with ripped clothes and tattoos and all this other stuff and make you feel so comfortable. But this isn't about your comfort. It's about your conviction. This isn't about, listen, this isn't about you making it through this life and being the king of everything. This is about him being the king of everything and making it to his life. Hallelujah. Stand with me, please. God is good. And all the time. Father, man, we just love your truth. Sometimes we don't understand it, Lord. And and Lord, quite honestly, it's not always easy to put in practice. But Lord, we thank you for your spirit, your Holy Spirit, and your grace which strengthens us, gives us the ability to walk with you in these things. Lord, thank you that we don't have to row this boat ourselves. And if you call us to step out on the water, you'll be there with us. So thank you for all of that in advance. But Lord, we need wisdom and knowledge. And we need, to get, we need to gain in our understanding of your truth. Lord, in this message, I think it's very clear that you said, listen to him, hear him, hear him. And Lord, that's exactly what we want to do. We want to hear your voice, Jesus. We want to hear your voice. Lord, forgive me, forgive us if we've listened to another voice. Lord, forgive us if we've just failed to be in that place where you were speaking. Lord, just help us. You say it in your word, Lord. You remember that we're dust. So Lord, without your spirit, we know nothing. We have nothing. So thank you, Holy Spirit. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would lead us and direct us. Give us wisdom and knowledge. Help us, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would put a guard on our hearts and in our minds. Lord, I know that we have to take responsibility. Your word is very plain. But Lord, again, we are so weak in some areas. So Lord, I pray that we would get into your word like we've never gotten into it before. Lord, that you would teach us and cleanse us. Lord, that when that word comes outside, we don't let it land in our minds, in our hearts. Father, that that word that's not of you Father, it leaves. It never lands. Lord Jesus, and then help us to continue to kill the old man that we may be putting on the new man. Father, I pray all this in Jesus' name and I trust and I believe you. I believe that this was in a divine appointment and I believe that we're going to leave out of here changed. Things will be different. Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. amen.
God bless you all. We're going to sing another song. If you can stay, sing with us, please do.